Good day, everyone. It's Matt with the Cup of Freedom. So glad you could join us today. So thankful that you are here and supporting the show and listening to us. Today's episode is called You Are Never Too Far Gone. You know, on, on your journey to freedom, do you ever just struggle with feeling like you've gone so far in your behavior that uh, God just stops loving you or He's given up on you? Uh, or that you've given up on yourself. Well, I want to talk about that today on today's episode. And uh, I just want to again thank you for for your support, for your comments, for your ratings. Uh, some ways you can support us are leaving a rating on Apple iTunes, uh, a review. That would be great. Also, just follow us on any of the platforms that you're listening to us on. That way, whenever a new episode comes out, you will be alerted to that. And also, if you would consider maybe sharing this with a friend or someone who you may feel like really could use this or need this message, uh, we would just definitely appreciate that. If you want to find out more about us, you can go to facebook.com backslash take the journey to freedom, facebook.com backslash take the journey to freedom. All right, so we're going to get started with the episode. Let's go. It is for freedom that you have been set free. Welcome to a Cup of Freedom podcast, where we believe that freedom is available. Now, here's your host, Matt Galbraith. Welcome to a Cup of Freedom. It's Matt Galbraith. I got my coffee and I'm ready to visit with you today. Thank you again so much for listening to the podcast, for supporting the podcast. We so greatly appreciate you, the listeners. This is for you, and our heart is to to serve you in whatever way we can. And so just thank you again for your encouragement, for the comments, the feedback you've given to us. If you would like to uh, make a comment, uh, ask a question, reach out to us in any way, you can do that really in one of two ways, either through our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash take the journey to freedom, or to email me at mgalbraith, G-A-L-B-R-A-I-T-H, 2007, at gmail.com. And we would love to hear any feedback, any encouragement, anything that you need so that we can serve you in a greater way. So again, thank you, and we are going to be, today's episode is called You Are Never Too Far Gone. And I, I do want to appreciate again, say that I appreciate the the feedback that you've given on the last few episodes. And I do want to acknowledge again up front that the the main mission and purpose of this podcast is to talk about a subject that's very difficult. And so I know this subject of talking about sexual integrity and purity is very, is very hard. It's very difficult. Uh, you know, you, you either grew up in an environment where it wasn't talked about. And so you not only were you not talking about it necessarily, but nobody around you was. And so there was a lot of fear and shame about it. And this is even for those that have been a part of the church their whole life, which includes me. It just wasn't a subject that was talked about. But then also maybe even in your own family, you know, you had to find out about sex from other resources, whether it be your friends or the Internet or 
whatever it be, or even through pornography. And, and that's obviously not the best way to find out about those kind of things. And so, so wherever you're coming from, you know, with, with this, I just want to recognize that and know that we're all coming from different places. We've all had different experiences, but the, the, the mission behind this, the purpose and the goal behind this is to be able to talk about this in a way that asks real questions, seeks real answers to these difficult questions, and really to really say that, God, you designed sexuality, you created us as sexual beings, and so now let's talk about it. Let's be free in that. Let's not be shameful in that. And now let's just talk about it in a way that that honors you, God, in a way that can help us find more freedom. So again, just uh, thank you again for for that. And again, if you have any questions, please let us know. So you're never too far gone. I want to start off with just asking you a question for you to think about. Do you ever get to a place where you just feel like you're in your behavior, you've gone so far in your addiction or in your behavior that you've gone so far off that God is kind of done with you? Like he's kind of like you're uh, he's way, way off in the distance and you've, you've, uh, you've just gone too far. You know, I do think that we can get to a place in this struggle with lust uh, that we think we've gone too far. You know, we've promised again and again to never go back, only to return to the very thing that we swore that we were done with. You know, I know this is true for me. There was a time uh, especially later on in my addiction, as I really knew that I needed to be free of this, I needed this out of my life. There was a time where I really got so discouraged and so frustrated and so disappointed that I really began to believe that I had gone too far, that this addiction had taken me farther and deeper than I ever wanted to go. It was asking so much of me. It was taking so much of my time and my energy and my mind and my resources that it just had gone so far. It was so deep in it that almost like God had just given up on me in some ways. I knew, I think, that God still loved me in some way, but that he definitely didn't like me and that he definitely wasn't pleased with me. And he definitely was very, very condemning toward me. And this was a lie. Uh, this was a lie that I chose to believe. It's kind of like I believe that his forgiveness had run out, that he was, you know, Matt, I'm through with you. You know, you say you're promising me a whole bunch of stuff, but you, you, uh, you keep saying a lot of good things, but, but ultimately they're just words. Look at you, look what you're doing. And ultimately I had to realize that those were lies from the enemy, but I chose to believe them. You know, I'd always kind of tried to be this good Christian <laughs> Uh, as a young man, a good Christian boy, and then as an older adult, um, you know, a good Christian man. Uh, but but in this particular season, toward the end of my addiction, I, I felt so much shame in this that I really did think that God was through with me. And maybe you feel that way sometimes too. Maybe you feel like you've gone so far, you've, you've, you never thought it would go this deep. You never thought you would have made that choice. And yet you did. And you're in this place now of like wondering and you're confused of like, you know, God, where are you? 
where are you in this? You, you seem so distant. You seem so far off. And so those are normal. First of all, I want to say those are normal questions to ask. Uh, but I also want to want to reframe this and, and, and look at a story in the Bible where uh, where God shows us that he ultimately has never given up on us and he doesn't give up on us no matter how far we've gone, no matter how deep we've gotten into this, no matter how many times we've promised we'll never go back and yet we still do that he still is waiting, that he still is there. So there's a story in the Bible uh, about a son who took his father's inheritance and he went and he wasted all of his money in wild living. So Luke, in Luke chapter 15, there's a story of the prodigal son. It says, after the father had given him his share of the, of the, of the money, the younger son got together all he had and he set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth in wild living. Now, we don't know what kind of living this was. We, we, I mean, obviously, wild living, we can leave that to interpretation. But we can imagine, you know, let's just fill in the blank there. All right, but wild living. He was living for himself. He was, he basically had squandered all the money, but he was living, living in a way that just was selfishly in his own, in his own, his own way apart from his father. But I also want you to see here that the father doesn't doesn't, uh, try to keep his son from going. He lets him go. He lets him choose to go his own way. And the same message is true for us. God lets us choose. We get to choose. We get to choose whether we're going to go our own way or whether we're going to stay in his presence. So eventually the son, you know, gets to a place where he's lost everything, you know, he's starving and he actually ends up to a place where he's now eating with the pigs. He's in the pigsty, if you can imagine. He's gotten to this place where he's, the money's all gone and he, he's now eating with pigs and he's hungry and he's eating where the pigs are, are at and yet no one was giving him any food. No one's giving any food. So the Bible finally says, or says that he finally came to his senses in verse uh, 17 of chapter 15. So he finally comes to his senses. We don't know. Obviously he came to the end of his own resources. The money was gone, his own way of getting out of the mess. Yeah, he came to, he came to the end of himself for sure. But I like the way it phrases, he came to his senses. It's almost like in this moment, he, he, has a, he has a moment of remembering. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, he remembers his father. And he remembers that his father had hired these servants. And they had food to spare all the time. And here I am starving to death. So he, number one, remembers his father. And he remembers that his father even fed his servants. And they had food to spare. And so he remembers this home. He remembers this place where where even the servants were well fed. And so then in verse 18, he says, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And so he remembers that at home, even the servants were well fed. And then he decides, he makes a decision that he can go home. But here's where it gets tricky. And here's where, here's where we can fall into that. And I know where I have fallen into that. 
he knows there's a guy, there's a there's a father there that loves him, but he says then in verse 19, "I am no longer worthy to be called your son." And this really, again, as I think I've shared with you before, my own journey, that's really the, been the core question of my whole life of this feeling of being unworthy. And so he now says this, the son says that I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And I know that was probably the depth of my shame. The depth of my shame in this was saying that very same thing, thinking that I was too far gone and really actually saying, I am now actually unworthy to be called your son. But he gets up the courage he goes back. He's going to basically come back crawling on his knees, kind of as you say, and he's going to just say, hey, I remember the servants were fed, so I'm going to come back and just ask for forgiveness and to uh, to ask if I can even just be a servant because I know that I'm so hungry. And so then it says he, he gets up, he goes back to the Father. and um, And so that verse there, he actually believed that he was too far gone. Now he says then in verse 20, it says, so he got up, he returns to the father. And then it says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to the father, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I almost get tears in my eyes when I read that because I think it speaks to each of us in different ways, but we're all prodigal prodigals in some way we're all prodigal sons and prodigal daughters we've all at times in our lives chosen to go our own way and to live the wild life if you will and yet this story of redemption the story of of love and the father at that moment doesn't even care about any of that he just cares that his son has come home i i have this image in my mind of the son kind of really literally even crawling or maybe just dragging himself. He's tired, he's weary, he's hungry, he's dirty, he's all of those things. And yet the scripture says that the father ran to his son and he was filled with compassion. He throws his arms around him, he gives him a big old hug. And he gives him a kiss. Forget about quarantine. Forget about social distancing. He loves his son. He's not worried about the behavior in that moment. He's just glad his son came home. And so I can remember early on, as I finally started making these choices to choose freedom, and and, and the Lord was helping me in this, I remember there there was a, a moment where the Lord, in a very gentle way, in a very gracious way, not in an audible voice, but in through His Holy Spirit, really spoke this message kind of, I'm going to kind of summarize it, but it really was, 
you know, Matt, I've always been here with you. I've always been here. I've never left. You know, even when you chose to go a different way, I was still here and I am still here. And so it was just this powerful reminder of God's presence in my life. And that moment really shook me to my core. It like overwhelmed me with the love of the Father. I'm sure like the son experienced being overwhelmed in that moment. Can you imagine his thoughts? And I'm thinking, what? How could this be? My, my dad is running after me and hugging me and kissing me. Look what I've done. Look what I've done. I can't, I can't imagine this, this, this love, this, this acceptance, this grace. And yet that's what he received. And so I wanted to share quickly a couple things that I've learned in this story, but also I learned early on then in my, in my freedom. And I'm still maturing in this and growing in this. But one of those things is that at some point I believed that I had lost God's acceptance of me. I believed that I had lost my father's acceptance. You know, the son, he runs out of his own resources. He decides to return home. And he actually believed that his father probably wouldn't accept him back. So he just tries to make up a thing. Well, maybe he'll hire me as a servant. He won't really accept me back as a, as a son, but maybe he'll accept me back as a servant. And so this idea of like he has to serve his father, like he has to gain his father's acceptance. He has to now try to work for his father's approval and his father's love. And yet the story says that that when the father saw his son again, he ran to him. The father never stopped accepting his son, even though the son felt that way. You know, I think if the enemy of our souls, if the devil can cause us to feel that God doesn't accept us because of our behavior, our bad behavior, that he can keep us thinking that we are too far far gone from God. If he can get us to believe that, if he can get us to choose to believe that, then, then we get to this place, this, this place of being so uh, low that we actually believe, yeah, we are too far gone. There's no way God can accept me anymore. Well, the truth of the matter is that when you know that your father loves and accepts you at all times, not just when you're being good or being bad, but at all times, You'll run to him. You'll run to his arms. You'll actually run to him because you know that why would you want to go and make these foolish choices? And you actually run to him and you run, you go away from the foolish choices because you know that the father's love and acceptance of you is, is not based on what you do and don't do. It's based on him and how good he is. And when I began to truly believe truly believe that God's acceptance of me was fully complete. There wasn't anything I could add to it or take away from it, but it was fully complete. That, that motivated me to actually change my behavior. That was a huge motivation. You know, I did an episode a few weeks ago about what's your why. That was a huge part of my motivation. Like, God, you, God was saying to me, man, I fully accept you and love you as you are. I'm running to you. I never left you. I was there with you even when you chose to click on those websites. I was still there. 
And that overwhelmed me. And that was the motivation that was like, well, when I see this, that this is, this is the God that I, that loves me. I, I wanted to, he was, he was changing my, my desires to want to please him. And I saw that his love and forgiveness and acceptance of me wasn't based on my behavior, but on how good he is. Now I want to I want to talk a little bit about behavior here in a minute because I'm not I don't want you to get the idea that I'm saying our behavior doesn't matter it absolutely does and I'm going to address that here in just a minute but the second thing that I learned through this is number one I I learned that I didn't really understand my identity I didn't know who I was and what God said about me and so because I had these lies that were I was believing then uh, yeah of course of course i was continuing my behavior because it's like at some point i was like well god's kind of given up on me i've given up on myself so just screw it i'm just going to keep going and i got deeper and deeper in that you know into that and we can that can happen to us we can fall into this place where it's like oh boy god you seem so far off and we just we keep going back to the very same thing we said we'd never go back to well, you know, this the son in the story, he didn't understand his own identity either. He he didn't understand his identity as a son to the father. He 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 then says of himself that he's unworthy of the father's acceptance. He saw himself actually as a bad person who deserved to be rejected by his father. And ultimately that became my attitude as well. At some point I I would it wasn't that I verbally said it, but in my mind I would think, oh well, you know. I'm just I'm just a porn addict. I'm a bad person. And so I would try to start earning God's love. I was trying to do all these things in my behavior to try to get it right and to earn God's righteousness when the whole time he was saying, Matt, you're my beloved son. You're already my son. And I just, I couldn't accept it. I couldn't accept it. And so I worked really hard at trying to earn that acceptance. You know, even from when I was a teenager, I, I felt like I had to earn this acceptance. And I did that early on in my life through performance and through trying to make people like me. And that was the same thing here with this. And then it was, I was so ashamed of my behavior that I felt like I had to earn that acceptance with God. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're in that same place where you feel like you have to earn this acceptance from God. Even though you may have been, may be a Christian your whole life and you've been walking with God your whole life, but yet you still feel like there's something you have to do to earn it. There's something you have to do to, to get back right with God. And so as that began to change, uh, you know, I, uh, I basically, you know, saw myself, began to see myself as fully accepted. God was through his Holy Spirit graciously showing me that, reminding me that. And that ultimately my bad behavior couldn't change that, couldn't change that full and total acceptance. I needed to actually just agree with God about what he said with me. I wasn't going wasn't gonna to feel it. Most of the time, you're probably not going to feel it. I'm just going to be honest with you. You're not going to feel accepted. You're not going to feel the love and forgiveness all the time. But at some point, we have to do what I call, we have to faith it. We have to faith the fact that what God's word says is true, even when we don't feel it. And then eventually our feelings do line up with it. Not all the time, because our feelings are fleeting, but at some point they do over the course of my life now and walking in freedom, 
my emotions have definitely gotten better in lining up with the truth about who I am. And so as God transformed my attitude in this area, I could really let go of this like promising to do better next time or trying harder to please God. I was already pleasing to him. And so here's where I want to get into this thing about, you know, well, what are you saying, Matt? God doesn't care when we sin. Well, he absolutely does. It grieves him. It does grieve him. I'm sure at some point when when the son left the father, I'm sure the father probably was very, very sad or heartbroken, however you want to call it. Number one, because his son left. His son was making a choice to step out of who his, who his real identity was. And I'm sure that grieved the father. It grieves the father when we do the same thing. But his grieving doesn't mean that we're out of his love and that we're out of his acceptance. Why? Because his grace is more than enough to handle that. You have to know that the father knew that his son was going to leave. Just like our heavenly father knows when we're going to choose to go our own way. He's not surprised by our sin. I want you to hear that. He's not surprised by what you've done. He, he's not. That's why he sent Jesus. Jesus took care of all of that. He had a way already and a plan to handle it. And if you've entered into that relationship with Christ, he's, took, he's taken care of all of that. Okay, so so he's not surprised by your sin. He knows you better than anyone. He knows you. He created you. And here's the thing that we have to know is he allows us to choose. He allows us to make decisions. We can choose to go and act out on our on the lies that we're believing that we have to either earn acceptance or that we're too far gone and God can never accept us back into to to fellowship with him, or we can choose by faith to trust and believe that we don't have to earn it, that we're never too far gone, that we can always return to the Father. And so we get to choose. And that it does work, that does that is our responsibility. We get to choose whether we you know return to the Father or whether we continue to go our own way. And so when I had a proper understanding of my identity and I really knew that I was God's beloved son, I, I didn't want to sin. I didn't want to go against my true identity, who I was. He, he gave me these new desires to please him. Why? Not to earn his love and acceptance and grace, but I could never earn that. But, but to be who I, who I already am. And his grace tenderly showed me that and taught me that. It taught me to be obedient. It taught me to say yes, not an obedience of like following a bunch of rules, but actually a desire to want to. There's a difference between feeling obligated to obey and actually wanting to obey. And God's word says that his, his commands are not burdensome to us. Jesus says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I read that, that takes a lot of pressure off, doesn't it? Ooh, talk about freedom. Like, I don't have to do it. I just have to allow the Spirit of God inside of me to do it. And, I, and how do I, what, what do I do? How do I respond? I trust it. I accept it. I believe it. And then I choose it. You know, when he talks about walking by the Spirit, that's a choice. We can walk by the Spirit or we can go our own way. And God lets us choose. Okay. Now, you know, so, uh, you know, if you don't know who you are, 
you're going to probably try to make up for your sins in some way. Just like the prodigal son was thinking that he was going to have to earn his way back in. And maybe I'll start, you know, out there in the servant with, with the servants and maybe work my way back up. So if you see yourself primarily as God's servant, as opposed to his son or daughter, you're going to continue to try and earn God's acceptance. So that's my question for you. Do you see yourself as just too far off, or do you see yourself as God's child? That can be a game changer for you in your road to freedom. It can be a game changer because it was for me. As I began to really, truly not just know from an intellectual standpoint, but from, for it to really start to sink deeply into my soul, that Matt, I mean, that God began to whisper, Matt, you're my son. I'm well pleased in you. I accept you. I would go to God with this question this week. Number one, yes, God, uh, do you see yourself as too far off or as God's child? But then also a really powerful question that you can go to God this week is, God, God, how do you see me? How do you see me? Show me how you see me, Lord. And then as you reveal that to me, Lord, help me to agree with it. Help me to believe it. Because ultimately it's God's faithfulness to us. It's not our commitment to him or our faithfulness to him or any of that. It's his faithfulness and commitment to us. And through that, then we have, that's the only shot we got to be able to, to find this freedom because he's already done it all. Now I want to end today with a, a couple of action steps that you can take just from, from learning, uh, just from a few thoughts from this. And there are three R words, actually, three action steps to take from this, from this uh, story. Number one, remember. Eventually, the son remembered his father when he had lost everything. You know, it says he came to his senses. I'm going to interpret that as at some point he remembered, oh, wait a minute, I can go back to the father. He knew he could go home. Even if he did feel like he had to drag himself there, he knew he could go home. And you can, too. You know, the greatest thing we can do, you know, let's say we, we've had a relapse this week. You've had a relapse or, or you've acted out again and you're like, oh man, the greatest thing you can do is to go home, to go home, go home back to the father's love, to sit at his feet, to run into his arms that are wide open. That's the greatest thing you can do. Not to try to hide in shame, not to allow the enemy's lies to continue to say, oh, look at you, you're just a, a no good, lousy addict. No, I want you to hear me right now. It, I want you to hear me, listeners, wherever you're listening to this from, whoever you are that's listening to this, male, female, married, single, whoever, that God loves you deeply and he accepts you deeply for who you are. You are never too far gone. You can always return to the Father. He doesn't identify you as a porn addict or any kind of addict. He doesn't see you that way. So we need to stop identifying ourselves that way. I had to stop saying, oh, I'm just a recovering porn addict or I'm recover." I had to even get out of that. I'm like, no, I'm God's beloved son and he is well pleased with me. The second thing I want you to see 
in this an action step is to recognize. So we have remember and then recognize. The son began to see his actions as foolish. He actually began to kind of be, come to his senses and like, wait a minute, I'm sitting here in a pigsty. How did I get to this point? We say that same thing too, don't we? How did I get to the same point? How did I get here? How did I, how did I get so far into this? Same example here. Why would he behave this way when he was a beloved son? Well, the question is, when we know who we are, when we know that we are God's beloved son and daughter, we will behave that way. We'll move in that direction. When we truly believe that at our core, we're going to act on that. We can't help but to act on it because it's the Holy Spirit in us that's allowing us to act on it. It's not us doing it apart from God. Remember, God's word says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's, it's not me going out and trying to do the right thing. It's him doing it in and through us. And we just respond and we say yes to it. And we recognize that I'm going to act the way that I believe about myself. If I believe myself to be a dirty, rotten pig in the pigsty, I'm going to behave on that. I'm going to reinforce that belief. I'm going to reinforce it. And so we need to reject that lie and to choose to believe who we are, to recognize who we are in Christ. And the third one is to return, simply return. The son realizes, wait a minute, this is not who I am. And he realized I can return home. We can too. You can return home too. When you feel too far gone, the only response, the only response necessary is to go home. It's not to try to clean yourself up. You know, you don't, you don't, we don't read in the story, the son went and took a bath and took a shot, cleaned himself all up. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but I'm going to say that he probably didn't. He just comes as he is and he comes home and the father doesn't care. He just runs to him and says, I love you. You don't have to clean yourself up. Don't think you have to jump through all these hoops. Oh, I got to go, Matt, and I got to learn a bunch of stuff, and I got to read more books, and I got to... I, I, it's I, 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 I. It's like, no. It's him, 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 him. It's, it's all God. And so there's no cleaning yourself up. There's no jumping through a bunch of religious hoops to get back to God. Please don't feel like you have to do that, because you don't. So the only response is to go home. And here's the thing. The father is waiting. He never left. You don't have to run after him. He's waiting there. He's actually running after you. Even when you don't even feel like you can run. Maybe you're just limping. Maybe you have to limp back to him. Or maybe you have to crawl back to him. Or maybe you can't move at all. Guess what? He's running to you. He's running after you. I love that imagery Imagine in your mind, you're just like, you're, you're, you're covered in mud. You just, you can't even move. And yet you look up and you see your loving heavenly father running towards you. And he's got open arms and he, he embraces you and he gives you a big giant hug and he, and he kisses you and he, he says, come my son, come. My daughter, we're going to have a celebration. What? A celebration? We're going to celebrate that my son has returned home, that my daughter has returned home. We're going to celebrate that. 
Wow. I don't know about you, but that every time I read that, every time I experience that, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. So know this today. Know this today, listeners, wherever you're at in this, wherever you're on day one, day 30, day 100, day whatever, you are never too far gone. You're never too far gone. And the Father is running towards you right now. Let Him embrace you. Let Him hug you. Let Him kiss you. Let Him accept you the way He already does. And then let Him define you. Let Him tell you who you are. And then by faith, Choose to accept it. Choose to trust it. Choose to listen to it. Because you are God's son. You are God's daughter. And in him, he is well pleased with you. And in him, you are fully accepted and fully loved by him. Thank you for joining us today on the episode. I I really enjoyed visiting with you today. Please, again, if you would like to contact us, you can do so. Uh, We do offer one-on-one coaching and mentoring. Uh, If you would like to pursue that, there is a financial investment involved with that. However, we would love to be able to walk with you on your own journey to freedom. So please reach out to us. Also, if you would like to consider supporting the show, we would greatly appreciate that. There's a couple of ways you can do that. You'll find that in the description. Uh, There's a way you can give now. There's also a way you can support us monthly. We would love for you to come alongside of us and support uh, this message of uh, the freedom that's available through Jesus uh, to be able to get that out to more people and to be able to just continue to improve and level up this, this podcast. So as we say here at A Cup of Freedom, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time. 